Hi listeners, welcome to Our Right Stories, a podcast created and developed by the Just Right Scotland team with your host, Natalia. Today we welcome our guest speaker, Francesca Sella, Associate Solicitor at our Scottish Refugee and Migrant Center, which is just one of our four legal centers. She will tell us about the Scottish Refugee and Migrant Center and some of the work that she does. Welcome, Fran. Thanks for having me. And thanks for being here. So for our listeners who may not know, could you please tell us a little bit about what the Scottish Migrant and Refugee Center is? Sure. So the Refugee and Migrant Center is only one of our centers at Just Rise Scotland. And we work um, to give legal representation and legal assistance to refugees and migrants in Scotland. And we also do lots of other stuff like policy, training, campaigning, but mostly uh, it is providing legal representation to asylum seekers and refugees in Scotland. That's absolutely amazing. And so being an associate solicitor at the Scottish Refugee Migrant Centre, what does that entail? Well, that's a that's a hard question. <laughs> no, every no no a single day is the same. Um, I would say, uh, mostly I work with my clients. So we work with uh, young people. Um, that are going through the immigration and asylum system, and also women that are um, survivors of gender-based violence. Um, so legal representation, it could be supporting them through an asylum application to try and stay in the UK an asylum appeal, taking their case to court. Um, And aside from that, I also deliver training to local authorities and third sector organizations on everything asylum and immigration. Um, I also we also do a bit of policy work. So uh, picking up on some of the issues that affect our clients to try and, and see if we can sort of reach more systematic change rather than on a one case case by case basis. And um, yeah, and we also take part in campaigns and just try to raise awareness about um, changes that are um, affecting our clients in terms of the immigration system. Yeah, so it sounds like you used to do quite a bit, <laughs> a little bit of everything, yes. which is very much needed. And every little bit that you, the work that I learned that you guys do is just so amazing. Um, you mentioned you work a lot with young people. Could you give us some examples of the different scenarios that you encounter? Sure. Um, yeah, so um one of the examples that i could give you is we work a lot with age disputed young people um so that means when a young person um that is under the age of 18 comes to the uk by themselves unaccompanied um to seek protection um, sometimes when they are encountered from by the home office when they enter they their age might be uh, wrongfully decided the, the home office might decide that they look like adults just seeing them for like five ten minutes they might say we don't believe you we don't believe you're a child Uh, and they might try and treat them as adults which means that they will then be placed in adult accommodation and enter the system as as adults and then eventually somehow their cases make the way to, to to us to our center so it could be for example that um, someone that entered that was classified as an adult, they will then be, for example, re-trafficked to Scotland and they might uh, pop up in a local authority in Scotland and they might be referred to um, an organization like a Red Cross or Migrant Help and they will then come to us eventually for assistance. So uh, we will um, do our best to make sure that um, their age is accepted by the local authority, which will mean that they can then be taken into local authority care, supported by social work, and they can be safe and have a stable 
life and have access to, to all their rights as, as children and we will then support them through the asylum process as well. Um, so that's kind of one of the typical scenarios that we work with. So there is a lot of complexity both around the, the sort of age dispute but also the, the asylum part of the case. And then I can give you many more examples. I think the other typical scenario is children that are in local authority care and not necessarily in the asylum system, but children that maybe even were born here, they've been here for many, many years, but they never had uh, access to immigration assistance and advice. Um, so we try to regularize their status, whether that's by making an application for them to stay here or whether that's an application for actual citizenship as well in some cases, just to make sure that uh, their status is secured as soon as possible so that they can have a stable stable and safe future um, in the UK. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit stunned. I, I don't know if people can hear my face, but just from the first scenario you said about age dispute, like how does, how does, how is this a thing that happens? That's, I'm oh, sorry, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, again, I think it's important that, you know, JRS does that work because I mean, people like me, I don't like if I hear about like um, children that come here unaccompanied, I would have never guessed that that kind of scenario can happen. And that's a very real common thing that you deal with as a solicitor on the daily life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, it's something that people are not aware about. Um, and it's also something that unfortunately the government tries to use against young people quite a lot. So you might hear in the news um these people are coming here pretending to be children. There has been a lot of chat about that in the media and people don't necessarily know what assessments are in place and what actually happens on the ground. Um, so I think it's important to talk about um, these issues and it's definitely one of the groups that we uh, work quite closely with and we care a lot about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and I can imagine like it being very difficult for them as well, not fully understanding yeah. how this works and then to be labeled as that, yeah. No. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's difficult because it kind of defines the rest of their journey as well, if you like, in a sense that the first thing that they hear when they enter a country in the, in the hope to, to, to have safety is we don't actually believe that you are wh- who you say you are. Um, so, yeah, but we're trying to fix that. <laughs> I mean, and a big part of that as well, as you said, is you provide training and info sessions across Scotland to highlight the impact of these policies on immigration. Can you kind of explain and expand a little bit more on the training that you deliver? Yeah, so um, just following on the on the age dispute, the age assessment is definitely an area where we deliver a lot of training. That can be to local authorities like social workers, because um, unfortunately social workers are not often trained in issues of immigration and asylum, sometimes not even age assessment. So I think it's quite an important uh, an important focus of our work. Um, then we also deliver training to third sector organizations, so the Red Cross, Refugee Council, and the Guardi- Guardianship Service, um, all of our partners as well. Um, and I think a good example actually of a recent, um, well, not so recent now, uh, but a training that 
I delivered with Mariam, our participation officer, was that we went up to Aberdeen, sunny Aberdeen, to train anyone that was interested in, in asylum just because they started having um, asylum seekers accommodated in Aberdeen. And it was a new area where no one knew anything about the asylum system because they never had to, to accommodate asylum seekers. So we literally just went up and we did a two-day two day training session with um, local authority, NHS, uh, third sector organization, just to give them an overview of, of the asylum system. And I think that was quite important. And we're planning to do that um, in other parts of Scotland as well. So yeah, training is definitely one of the important area that we focus on. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your training in Scotland, but I know currently the legal migration bill is being debated in the UK Parliament. We understand that you deliver training about this proposed legislation and its impact on communities in Scotland. Can you also explain to us an example how this bill affects your clients or will affect your clients? Yeah, <laughs> so that's a very hard question in a sense that I all the clients that I work with will be impacted by, by this legislation. Um, their life will completely change. Um, the, the bill effectively abolishes the asylum system, which means that all the clients that we support will not be able to seek um, asylum in the UK and they will be stuck in this limbo where they've got this threat of being removed to Rwanda or another country. They will not be able to settle in the UK. Um, and I think, you know, having that threat of being removed or detained um, is going to be, yeah, uh, it's going to have a very negative impact on the on the group of people that we work with, considering how vulnerable they already are. Um, I think the, the groups that we work with, actually, especially children and women, are going to be particularly affected by it uh, more than anybody else. Um, there is also there are also some provisions in the bill specifically to dealing with with children, and actually what I was talking about um, children being placed in local authority care and having that stability, the bill seeks to remove all of that. So um, the Home Office will, will essentially have the power to just remove a child from local authority care and just say you're coming with us with us now, and for the Home Office to accommodate them. And that's extremely concerning to us, especially uh, considering that we've had many reports of children going missing Mm. from home office accommodation. So uh, we are exceptionally worried about how this will affect um, our clients. And in your like day to day, like interactions, do you do often clients kind of come to you with this information, kind of seeking more clarification or, or do you think? Yeah, um, so it happens because people talk, right? People talk in local communities. They hear people. They they hear things from other people in the in their communities. They speak the same language. So um, yeah, very often we have. I have clients that phone me in a panic, asking me, "Am I gonna be sent to Rwanda?" I think with the illegal migration bill, it's probably not not had the impact of the Rwanda plan just yet because it's still draft legislation and people might not be talking about it so much. But definitely even, for example, in um, last summer when the whole Rwanda plan started, I used to get calls every day from clients asking me, is this what's going to happen to me? And having to reassure them. And, you know, with the illegal migration bill, it's going to be very hard to, to reassure them, actually, if that actually becomes legislation. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like that you have to have a lot of heart and like a lot of resilience to be in the position that you're in and to be a solicitor like that. 
Um, so I'm curious if you have any kind of well-being regimen or anything like that that you do to like, you know, keep yourself fit for this fight, you know, for yeah. your clients. Yeah, I think that's extremely important. It's something that I I maybe didn't quite um, understand at the start of my career, how important that was. But I think the more you work in this sector and the more you... Um, you're dealing with vicarious trauma and uh, hearing kind of heavy disclosures every day. It's so important to come up with a sort of mechanism to look after yourself. So uh, me personally, um, I would say that one of the keys is that I work with a fantastic team. I have people that I can just speak to all the time and they understand me and they're very empathetic and we are able to share whatever goes on in our day and that's a massive uh, massive thing for me and apart from that um, yoga exercise good food try to enjoy life um, outside work that's nice that's definitely needing that balance and I love that you said good food (laughs) so underrated such a good like soul-fulfilling thing to do Um, so going back a little bit I know that you've been invited to several conferences and events to talk about the illegal immigration bill including the recent Festival of Migration in Edinburgh. How would you describe the public reaction or activism and feeling of compassion that you see during these events? I think to me it was uh, it was so revealing to attend some of these events. Like I, I think it gave me so much hope um, and it was actually really, really energizing uh, for me to attend these events, I have to say. I think I got more from them, maybe the people that attended to come and hear from me. Um, so uh, I think initially uh, people were absolutely stunned and shocked about what I was saying. I think the media, unfortunately, has not done a great job of informing people about what was actually going on. Um, so I, th- I think even even people that try to keep informed, they didn't realize the extent uh, of the changes that the government is trying to push. Um, so there was that initial reaction of, oh, how, how can that happen? How can that be right? Um, and a lot of, you know, what can we do about it? That was like the, the, the second sort of stage of reactions. And that was, that was really nice to see. So people really want to get involved. Um, after the events, people have been reaching out to me, asking me how they can be involved in our campaigns and what we're doing now. They can actually, you know, uh, in, join the, the campaign and the activism to make sure that this doesn't happen. So uh, whilst I think it's really not the happiest topic to to speak to people about um i definitely got that sense of hope from them to see that people are actually not okay with this uh, and that was really nice i love that and i i think those kind of events are so important because i think you know working in the environment that you do you're always hearing the negative you're always you know receiving the bad news and then having again to tell that client the bad news and and seeing the emotions that they go through and the trauma that they may feel. So yeah, no, I think those kind of events to rebuild that hope and resilience again is so important. Um, Before we wrap up today, and this is kind of going around the same theme of hope, as we both know, immigration is always really negative and emotionally draining. So is there any words of hope that you can leave for our listeners as a fighter for justice? I love that you call me a fighter for justice. (laughs) That's nice. Um... 
I would say that uh, we just need to keep fighting. And I think the reactions that I'm seeing from people like um, civil society, third sector organizations, I think no matter what the government is going to throw at us, we will keep fighting back. Uh, and even during this sort of dark times, uh, we have a glimpse of hope. So recently, um, the Court of Appeal found that the Rwanda plan is unlawful, is illegal, and that it's not safe for asylum seekers from the UK to be sent by the UK government to Rwanda to have their asylum claims decided. So that's a great um, success and something that we should be celebrating. So I think despite everything that, that is going on being quite difficult and quite heavy and quite negative, there are um, glimpses of hope. And um, yeah, we will just continue fighting. We won't give up. I love that. We'll never give up. As never. Long as there's something to fight for, we'll always fight. Yeah. Thank you again, Francesca, for joining us and telling us about some of the challenges that you deal with throughout your work that impact the refugee and migrant communities here in Scotland, but also leaving us with some hope. If you want to find out more about the work that the Scottish Refugee and Migrant Centre do, please visit our website. You can find the link on our show notes. And like always, listeners, don't forget to like, comment, and share this podcast. This podcast is available on all podcast streaming services, so don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>